Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Right, let's kick off with our hands up. Alyssa, you are first. What's your question? I have um, an application in the court SC100 to be able to go on a holiday with my children. Um, it's a leave to remove applications for visit it for reasons of a, of a holiday. Um, we have been in court, we've had several hearings, and now the hearing is now going into um, a final hearing where there'll be a trial. Yeah. My question is, um, I feel like my, I feel like my, I feel like my solicitor that I have is not really understanding me and is not really doing a good job in this whole thing. And I, I am just kind of wondering um, if you think that it's something like if I just say forget about what the forget about the solicitor. If I went to the trial and I did it on my own, do you think that that's something that I could do, or do you think that I need a solicitor for like a trial? I think for a final hearing, you you would welcome some legal representation. Typically, solicitors don't do final hearings. It will be counsel or a barrister. Um, same thing, just different different um, titles. Um, because there is cross-examination, evidence in chief, opening arguments, closing arguments, etc. So that's not what we as solicitors specialise in on a day-to-day basis. So a final hearing, your solicitor, I would have thought, would be instructing a barrister. Um, would I go into? I did have a barrister for the last one, but they basically for the other for the last hearing that I had, the barrister basically said that I'm not agreeing, I'm not going, and my husband's not agreeing, I'm letting me go. So they're just gonna rec- they're just gonna say, let's go to a final hearing. They didn't even fight. They, it's not like they even suggested any kind of remedy. They just said, let's go to a hearing, and that was the end of it. Like they didn't fight. Like I'm from America, and in America you fight. For what you want, I feel like they didn't even fight for anything. So essentially, up until the final hearing, the court can't order anything unless the parties are in agreement. So if you two aren't in agreement, the only way to bring an end to this is to list it for a final hearing, which is why they've asked for one. At the final hearing, the court will now order what is to happen. Hence, it's it, hence how, it's a trial. How how often do final like? The net, okay, so we're going to be going through the door, divorce process as well. Now, after this, after the final hearing is done, and I either get my visit to go home or I don't get my visit to go home, once that whole thing is over with and I have to do a child arrangements order, is that going to be the same process over again? I have, I have no idea. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the final hearing will, will be determined on the application that's before the court. So if that doesn't include your child arrangements, then yes, you may well go through it all again for that. Oh. Okay, fine. All right. I see. Sorry, sorry, okay, Alyssa, fine. that Thank it wasn't more you positive. Your You're welcome. Not, not a problem. Okay. Um, 
quick, right, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye, Lisa. Uh, quick question on the TikTok. Um, I've got a student there asking if the students can take my courses. So I was telling you all last night about the courses that are going out this Sunday. They're not really designed for students. They're designed for people who need to um, complete either divorce, finance or children, can't afford a solicitor um, and are looking to do it themselves. That said, it depends. I know that my trainees have watched them um, and were taking loads of notes from them because they, they thought that it would assist them in their day job but so you know it's entirely up to you um, but I didn't design them for students if that makes sense there's loads of information in there but it's more for the litigant in person um, but my trainees get something out of them so I'm that's all I'm going to say <laughs> hey captain how are you so I've got one from uh, Pierre 1966 yes um, I have 30k in the bank and in the process of divorcing my husband who is retired and receiving a teacher's pension I understand I'm entitled to apply to become a, a credit member and although I won't be able to claim an income from this for the next nine years because of my age, she's 56, can I claim the interim money from the monthly pension he receives after I become a credit member? Um, what's a credit member? I haven't heard of that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure, but what I would say, based on the laws of, of divorce in this country, is that you are, or this lady, is entitled to 50% of all contributions made to her husband's pension in the in the length of the marriage or for the length of the marriage and equally he is entitled to any contributions made into her pension um, and that 30,000 that she talks about that will also be divided not necessarily 50-50 so I don't think her joining this this credit thingy majiggy um, will have any bearing on that um, because chances are I, I would have heard of it do you know what I mean um, yeah. so I, I, I don't know what that is but I dare say it will have no bearing and she is entitled to a sum of his pension. He Equally, he is entitled to a sum of that lump sum in the bank. Okay. Great. Thank you for that. That's all right. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> this is for Hamster. I'm not sure if Hamster's in the lounge because I'm not in the lounge anymore. I'm on Discord. Okay. Um, but Hamster says, my partner owns a property only in his name. His excellence there with their children. He pays the mortgage and maintenance and has the children three or four nights a week. He is wanting to sell the property next year and he has given a year's notice. She is refusing to look for another house. She works 16 hours a week and would be entitled to housing benefit. He also has said that he would give her money from the sale of the house, but she still is refusing. Can he sell his property? Also, they were never married and she has never contributed towards the mortgage or the deposit for the house. Okay, can he sell the property? Yes, he can. If the property is in his sole name, absolutely, and he won't need her permission to do that. However, could she stop the sale of the property? Potentially, because his children live there, and of course the court will give priority to the housing needs of the children. So, there needs to be some sort of remedy whereby he can get that house sold and move on with his life, but obviously the housing needs of the children are also taken into account. 
And that's where I would always suggest the parties attend mediation because clearly what they've got now isn't a win-win for either of them. You know, I'm sure that she's potentially having sleepless nights to think, well, this is his property. He, he can kick me out. Um, and what do I do then? And equally, he's thinking, my God, she's taking the Michael by stopping in the property and I'm paying everything. So I would be suggesting mediation for, for these two to see if they could find a remedy. Um, but ultimately, there will be a win-win. Absolutely, there will, because we deal with these sort of cases all the time. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then the last one is about children. Yeah. Um, so this is from Laura81. My ex-husband is an addict, drugs and alcohol. I currently have no idea where he is. He pops up every now and again and wants to make contact with our nine-year-old son. Until this point, I've always accommodated his request, but this time I've decided that if he shows up again, he will have to take me to court for access. I worry that he may just turn up at my son's school one day and try to take him, as he has a history of non-rational behaviour when he's drunk, high, etc. Does anyone know if there's any legal things I can put in place that I don't need to know where he is to serve him, like prohibited steps or children's order? Thanks. Yeah, so that, that is the answer, the prohibited steps order, um, because that will prevent him from being able to just take the child. If there's no existing child arrangements order in place, then obviously the child is at risk of being taken by dad because I'm assuming he has parental responsibility and therefore without an order, the court, the school wouldn't be able to say you can't take him. Um, the issue of not knowing where he lives, what I say to people is it's sort of a three-step process, process. Step one, exhaust all avenues of social media, family, friends, anyone that you knew knew him, um, any, anywhere that he used to frequent, whether it be pubs or, or wherever, old places of work, whatever it might be. If that doesn't work, step two, an inquiry agent. You can Google an inquiry agent and they're generally quite good at turning up something for a small fee. They can charge anywhere between sort of 80 to 100 pounds. If all of that fails, ultimately the court have to have an address for him in order to be able to serve the order on him. So what you can then do is make an application to the court for what we call a disclosure order. And you say to the court, I've exhausted every avenue. I've even tried an inquiry agent. This is his name. This is his date of birth. The court will then do some checks with the DBS, sorry, uh, DWP, Department of Works and Pensions, and hopefully that will turn up an address, which they won't give to you, but at least the court will have on record his address and then be able to serve him. So yeah, PSO, and she will be able, um, even, even at length, but she will be able to get his, his address somehow. That's great. Thanks, Tracy. No problem. And I just wanted to let you know that I was back in court again oh, yesterday. Yes, and how was it? Um, thumbs up or she thumbs didn't down? She did turn up. Okay, again. right. And then, so the judge has made an order that I can have contact with my daughter. Fabulous. Um, he's going to send that to her. Yes. He initially said uh, every other weekend to start with. Great. Um, but he also said that he expects to see me back. <laughs> he he didn't, yeah. He didn't make it a final order, did he? Has he listed uh, he it for a return? 
Yeah, he returned it. Yeah. Great, that's good. That's good because if you don't don't until you get all this sorted, Captain, um, fight against having a final order because if you get a final order and things don't work out, you've then got to do the whole C one hundred again or the C seventy nine and start all over again. So try and keep it as open as you can until you've got some regular contact up and running. Yeah, but right. she's still be very uncooperative and everything. Oh, honestly, it's just <laughs> been. Uh, uh, and just said that if she doesn't turn up again, there will be consequences like good. fines or good. imprisonment. Absolutely, that's good. Penal notice for those of you that are listening. That's what Captain's talking about there. So, uh, oh, well done. Well, good result. Let's just hope that we can put it into <laughs> into fruition. <laughs> yeah, that's the next step. Got the overall, but it's now got another hurdle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Captain. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to let you know, if you're thinking about self-representing in either divorce, finance or children, check out my courses that are available for sale. They're on my website, maloneyfamilylaw.co.uk. I designed them specifically so that you could represent yourself without the need for a solicitor. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Jem, what's your question? Um, so... Me and my husband are going uh, through um, custody case at the moment. Yeah. He's, at the moment, I've got a, had an emergency order put in to say that he can't have, um, can't take the children out of school or from my care. Um, and we've got a paper hearing listed. Yeah. Do I need to do anything for that, like provide a position statement or anything? Or I, I would, Gem. I mean, I would always, before a hearing, just let the court know what your up-to-date position is. Um, and it's nice for them to have a position statement because it's right there. They haven't got to go, you know, trawling all through the application and your statement and everything else. So, yeah, I would, absolutely. Okay, so we've had a CAFCAS interview and CAFCAS have recommended um, a fact-finding hearing. Okay. And are you in agreement so with you... that? Yeah, I am, yeah. yeah. He, I'm accusing him of domestic abuse and he's saying that I'm abusive towards him. Yeah. So obviously we're not in agreement. But he hasn't seen the kids for like a year, so... But that's... So I'm, I'm in agreement with CAFCAS, but I just didn't know... Because it's a paper hearing, I didn't know what, what the best process would do, because obviously we don't turn up there or anything, do we? No, that's right. The, the court will decide it on the papers. So And, and the reason for that is they're probably going to list it for a fact-find hearing. Um, so they'll read the papers, make the order and send it out, and the fact-find will be listed most likely for a day or two, depending on the allegations made. Um, and there'll be some directions for you to file allegations and for him to respond to allegations, etc. Um, but yeah, absolutely do your position statement in support of Kafkas's recommendations. That's what I would do. Keep it short, like keep cool. it keep it to like a, a page or page and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, Jim. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 <clears throat> NHS. Oh no, Mike, you're next. What's your question? Oh, hello, Mike. I recognise that picture. So basically, we've got a final court order in place. Yeah. Um, it, it it came into effect last time we were in court was October last year. Since then, um, my ex has breached the order eight times, either you know changing days or times of contact, so like reducing the amount of hours, yeah, and not giving me any alternative, which is what is states in the court order you know the contact needs to be made up if they can't if they're not available for whatever reason yeah um and then recently now i've found out she's also um bought tickets for the girls to see things like disney on ice and shows 
and stuff that are on our days. Oh, she's got my um, work schedule a year a year in advance, and has told me that she can't change days because she's planned everything around my my shifts and my contact days. But as obviously now um, is booking things on our days to just be awkward and uh, without asking me beforehand if I'm able to swap days, just telling me, well, you can't have them that day now, so you either have to do it this day or don't see them. Um, So I think with all this, I'm going to have to, like, do I have to apply for an enforcement order? Well, I think the first, I think I, I I would take a step back from that, Mike, because you already have your order in place that yeah. allows you those set days or those set weekends. Okay. Yeah. Now she has, as you quite rightly say, deliberately gone and booked things on your weekend. That's not yeah. acceptable. So what you need to think of is. Are you happy for makeup contact? In other words, if she wants that weekend, can you take another weekend? If you feel, A, your work schedule or whatever you've got planned with the girls won't allow that, or B, it's just constant inconsistency, you don't have to agree. Now, that's really hard because by not agreeing, she will then say to you, oh, so you're going to deprive the girls a trip to Disneyland Paris. Yeah, that's the other thing. But you say... the girls that I'm not allowing them to go. No, 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 no. She is not allowing them to go to Disneyland Paris because she is deliberately keeping them away from you. She is more than, yeah. she's, she, it's easy for her to book a weekend on her time, Mike. And I think you have got to draw a line in the sand because whilst the court can help you, what they can't do is change her personality. And she clearly yeah. isn't giving up on this. Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah. if, if I were you, I, and, it, and it may come difficult, and it will be hard because obviously, you know, you are potentially saying to the girls, I'm really sorry, girls, but you're going to have to go to Disneyland Paris another time. You know, mum's yeah. messed up there. Or, well, you know, you, you, you know your children, you choose the appropriate wording. But I would be saying to her, no, I've got this order. That's my weekend with the girls. You're going to have to rebook your tickets. Yeah, I, I've, I have tried saying that to her, but then she has um, said to the children that I'm not allowing them to go and they've... Don't. Don't. Obviously, they're upset with me then. Well, um, I think... Because... I think you've got to use your time with them, Mike, to sit down and have an honest conversation because that is just emotional blackmail, pure and simple. And there comes a time when you have got to do something about that. The court's not going to be able to help with that. Do you know what I mean? So otherwise it will be C79, a further breach, C79, a further breach. But the end result is that you're not seeing the girls and they're not seeing you. Yeah. I haven't, because I haven't been back to court um, regarding any of the breaches. Yeah. So is that something that I I should do? Because the the thing is, I understand um, if I can't swap the days, then I need to be, you know, firm with her. But I don't mind swapping days if I can. It's the, the fact that she doesn't ask me she just books things and then says you'll have to have them this day instead or not see them I know it's difficult isn't it she she probably doesn't ask you because she knows you're not going to say anything 
you know, you sound like the, the, the kind of guy that just wants to see his children and, you know, yeah. go to work and do your job. And, and, and she is deliberately pushing your buttons, I would suggest, respectfully. Um, you know, what about, have you used solicitors up until this point, Mike? No, I represented myself. Okay. What about a firm, firm letter from a solicitor? Yeah. Yeah? That, that, that might work. Why don't you yeah. do, why don't you drop okay. drop drop me an email and we'll see what we can do. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. No yeah. problem. Thank you, Thanks, Tracy. Mike. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Um, Mart. Hello. Hey, Hello. There we are. We can hear you this time. How can I help? My partner's filing for divorce. They have no assets all at all to share, like a house or savings, etc. Yeah. But once where she can never access pensions or money in the future. What can you do about it? They have been separated for six years. What was the middle bit, Mart? He can't access the... F what did he say? He uh, he wants to make sure that she can't ever access pensions or monies oh. in the future. Well, in order to do that, he has to get a clean break order. So that will prevent her from ever being able to make a financial claim against him, including pensions. However, he does need to get some advice. Because if they've been married, then a clean break order may not be the, the fair and reasonable option. So the answer to his question is a clean break, but I'm not saying that he's entitled to one. You can't just go out and have one just because you want one if it's not going to be a fair and reasonable outcome. So tell him to take some advice. Yeah, no worries. Yep. Um, the next one is, um, I'm just going to assume this is anonymous because they haven't stated otherwise. Yeah. Um, to give you some background, my husband and I are separated and in the process of divorcing. Yeah. We live in separate houses because of previous police and social services involvement. We have one nine-year-old who, who mainly lives with me. During term time, handover happens at the school gate, but during holidays, we meet halfway point. Due yeah. to accusations made against me, I refuse to go to my husband's house or allow him to come to mine. On the changeover days, my husband will do things like walk around my car making out that he's looking at something, open my car door for no reason. Um, there's no need for us to have any conversation and recently decided to lean into the front passenger side all the way back to give our son a goodbye kiss. I have a five-door car at the back nearest to our son was open. I find what he's doing is intimidating yeah. and can I stop him? It's very much the case of does he does what he wants and takes no notice when I ask him not to do things. Okay. I think from from based... I mean, first of all, I would say take some legal advice because you may be able to get a non-mole. Based on what Marta's just told me, there's nothing in there that would give grounds for a non-molestation order. Sorry, non-molestation order is a form of injunction. Um, I would start to become wise to him um, keep the car doors locked, obviously. Is there somebody else that could do the school pickup? A friend, like another another mum, that you could maybe say to her, look, do you mind just taking him to the end of the road and then I'll pick him up from you or whatever that, you know, just, I, I would just find ways to work around it in the event that she's not entitled to a non-molestation order. See, non-molestation order means that you are in fear of your safety, in fear of your life in, in many 
many ways. And, and from what you've said, Mark, I'm not getting that. He's just being an absolute nuisance. Um, I mean, she yeah. can easily yeah. stop him from putting his head in the car, just, just lock the doors. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it sounds to me as if maybe that she could do other things with the help of others. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the final question that I have for you. Yeah. Hi, Gracie. Love what you do. Um, just a quick question. Are you taking on any new clients? And how do we go about enrolling or instructing you as a solicitor? Yeah, so I, I can take on clients. It's, it's never always a yes. It just depends on my capacity. At the moment, yes, I do have capacity, depending on what the case is, of course. Uh, best way is to email me. So if you email me um, and let me know that you're looking for, tell me a little bit about what it is that you need my help with, and then I'll be able to tell you, if I can take you on. Smashing. I'll, I'll also email um, message back with your email address for them as well, all right? Oh, lovely. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Cheers, Trace, okay, thanks. take care, bye. Oh, there we go, Debbie. Hi, what's your question? What it is, um, it's a bit complicated. I've got a non-molestation order. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a granddaughter that I've been raising. I've got residence order on. Yeah. And I now have a non-molestation order. But I wanted to add my granddaughter to the non-molestation order. But there is a child arrangement order where the only contact is letter writing. Can I still add her? You'd, you'd have to make a separate application to the court. There'd have to be grounds for the child to be added to the non-molestation order. So some... I agree, Sorry. Um, I, and I did explain there is a child arrangement order where there's letter writing, so obviously she'd have to be granted that still. But that's not put in there, but they just put her wrong year instead of... It got complicated. Yeah. So if you want someone added to a non-molestation order, Debbie, there's got to be good grounds. So is that is that individual being harassed and stalked and, you know, um, generally just being annoyed by the by this perpetrator? Uh, the perpetrator is using TikTok as a platform, giving out all okay. her private details, which okay. is with me, our address, everything. Okay. In that case then, Debbie, did you get legal aid for your first non-mol? I did, yes. Yeah, so I, I do think that there's there's ground there, given that this, this person's a child um, who, who's obviously being stalked and harassed. Um, are you able to go back to that solicitor or do you need to make a new legal aid application? I can go back, so okay. I just wanted to find out because of the complication with the child arrangement order. Don't, don't worry. No, yeah, don't don't worry. Don't worry about the child arrangements order because I suspect once you make your application for the for the existing non molestation order to be varied so that the child can be added, there'll be amendments yeah. made to that child arrangements order. I suspect. So don't worry about that. That will be dealt with at the same time, Debbie. No problem. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Ravels, have you got a question for me? So I've been separated uh, from my wife for the last 15 months or so. And yeah. I'm currently going through the divorce. Yeah. Um, we share 50-50 shared custody of our, kid, of our two children. Um, since we separated, she calculated on the CMS website how much I owe her every month, which I've now been paying her for the last 15 months or so. Yeah. Since then... I found out what somebody's told me that legally, actually, because we're 50-50, I don't need to pay her anything. Um, I haven't raised it with her yet, 
we're currently going through a divorce, like I say, we're going to sort out a financial order. I yeah. don't know what I should expect when it comes to that. Has she got an argument to, for me still to pay her? Um, and does it make a difference with how much she earns to how much I earn when it comes to that? When it comes to what, the financial order, sorry, or the CMS? Really, CMS, or it's not, well, yeah, it's not done by CMS, but I pay her based on their calculator at the moment. Okay, so sorry, your question was, will a difference in earnings affect what, sorry, Ravels? Are you talking about the financial order? Uh, yeah, so yeah. going forward, Yeah. so the question is, do I need to pay her child maintenance if yeah. we share 50-50 shared custody? Oh, I see, I see what you're asking me. So um, I don't know is the honest answer to that. We don't really deal with maintenance as, as family solicitors. Um, but, but I do hear that even where there is a 50-50 split and shared residence is in place, if one parent earns more than the other, then child maintenance can apply because it's worked out on the percentage of gross. But that is definitely a question for maintenance rather than myself. I wouldn't like to hold myself out as an expert for that, I'll be completely honest. And the only other thing I would say is, I know you're gonna get a divorce and sort out your finances. Child maintenance won't form part of that financial order. Child maintenance will always be in addition to, okay? Okay. All right, That's okay. Good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, Captain, another question from you. This is from Math. I don't know if they're listening on TikTok. Uh, Children's Social Services have been purposefully, purposefully lying in documentation to hide their errors, resulting in me not seeing them for over two years and then being with their abusive mother. My two stepsons left aged 18 because they were being abused. Yeah. I finally got the ICO, Information Commissioner's Office, to investigate and instruct social services to correct their information as per instructions um my girlfriend asked the question it was suggested that i go directly to the family court as social services have refused to change their documentation today i've had this response from the courts after informing them that the information that they hold is factually incorrect and then this is what it says the family court has no jurisdiction over gdpr issues which is a matter for the civil courts mr x is free to cross-examine over any alleged inaccuracies at the fact find they aren't alleged inaccuracies. They have been proven to be inaccurate to the ICO, which is why they have been ordered. They have been, uh, which is why they ordered them to be corrected. Please help, as I don't know where to go now. I can't afford representation in court, as my wife accused me of coercive control, which got thrown out of court. But defending that took all of my money, and I've borrowed from family for court fees. So I think the answer is is in that piece of paper she's had from the court. Um, they they are allegations at this stage because they haven't been tried before the court and therefore found to be true or false so all she can do um, because there's a there's a budget or, or the, you know there's a cost implication here is represent herself the court will allow her to do that or him to do that sorry allow him to represent himself um, and he will have to cross-examine by using a series of questions as to those allegations he puts to her so that the follow what the courts say to the letter is is my my advice to him that's what he needs to do okay what's the uh, information commissioner's office tracing and what what do they do 
Well, um, I, I'm not so sure that they would get involved in this sort of matter. I mean, if social services are um, telling lies or, or not representing the position accurately, my suggestion would be a complaint to social services so that it's looked into. Um, and then, obviously, social services are involved because this matters before the court. Then I would be challenging it really robustly at that fact-find hearing. I wouldn't really be involving the ICO um, because, as I say, they don't really get, get involved in, in, in specifics like this. And this, this issue has arisen because he says social services haven't done their job properly. And as a result of that, I'm not seeing my children. So I think the more direct way to approach it is by A, a complaint to social services and B, robust cross-examination at the fact find. And look, I know that they've already said cost is an issue, but if they can scrape together the money for council, um, all the better. Council will handle that beautifully as opposed to the layperson and, and no disrespect is intended to the layperson, but it's tough. You know, cross-examining somebody's tough. Oh, I've been on the other side of cross examining. Yeah. It's not nasty. It's on not. The other side of it. It's not. Not nice at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Captain. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. G Mara, you are next with your hand up. Tracy, just a quick question, lovely. So um, we had the first hearing, and then I I don't have a solicitor, but the other side they do have a solicitor. And the judge ordered the solicitor to draft an order from about that hearing. Um, there was some missing information on the order that she draft. Um, I did challenge the solicitor over email saying, you know, um, the inf I, I don't quite agree with what you um, wrote on the draft. Um, and she sent back to me saying, oh, I sent the draft to the judge on Monday, and this was on Thursday. She only sent me a copy of that on Thursday, yeah? And at the hearing, the judge clearly specified that she would have to write a draft and send to my approval, and then once both parties in approval to be sent to the courts to be sealed, yeah? Yeah. And she, she, she obviously did it had her version sent on Monday and then only on Thursday she sent it to me, yeah? So I am challenging saying that uh, that draft issue needs to be amended and now the judge has agreed and they have amended the draft. But my point now is we have a hearing coming up and this same judge, he ordered that um, the solicitor from the other side would prepare a court bundle for the next hearing. And I, I'm quite concerned that she won't include the information that um, would be for my benefit, if you like. So um, so what, what you need to do is she will give you an index to the bundle... If she doesn't yeah. provide you with an index to the bundle, you've, you've got to push for that. She, she can't submit a bundle to the court and not give you a copy, okay? Right. So if, okay. You, if you, upon getting the bundle, discover that actually not everything is in there that should be in there, then you can do right. what we call a supplementary bundle. So, you know, okay. you, you just 
add whatever you think needs to be in there, send that directly to the court, and then following the next hearing, you're going to be saying to the judge, look, I need a firm direction that when she prepares Mm -hmm. the bundle next time, she she provides me with an index to it. Right. All right? Okay. And um, another thing is, um, because obviously from this this last hearing, um, I guess the judge will order her again to do the draft order. Yeah. And I, I'm just quite concerned that the same thing might happen again. Well, just 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 tell the judge. Just tell the judge that she didn't yeah. give you the the draft order and that you ended up having yeah. to, you know. And the judge will direct her to send you a copy of it. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. That's all right. Okay. Thanks a lot for your help. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you, Tracy. Bye. Oh, I did have a question on TikTok. Once the divorce is issued, um, how long does it take? Normally, a couple of weeks, the respondent should have received something. Um, It doesn't generally take too long. They, the courts, um, the court system is uh, the new system is now 26 weeks from start to finish so it shouldn't be too long to let the respondent know um lion have you got a question for me basically can an ex refuse to do handover and refuse communication say through text when it's for the benefit of the children uh yes yes i mean anybody can refuse to do anything if they don't want to do it have you got it court ordered um no she made allegations yeah. Um, and most of them were exonerated, but she's put it in a way so my father does hand over. Yeah. But he's he's getting really old now, so I'm just wondering what's the likelihood when I take it back to court that they'll enforce it where I do hand over? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't know. N- not without knowing a bit more about your case, to be fair. Um, I mean, the court's main concern is going to be that everybody's safe. Um, and I think if, yeah. you, if your dad's been involved in handovers, what the court's trying to do is keep you and your ex apart, I'm guessing. Um, so if your dad can't do it, rather than jeopardise contact, is there somebody else that could step in and do it? Um, my new partner. Okay. Well, I doubt she would accept that either. Well, uh, you know, it's it's a case of the courts trying to find a way for you two to co-parent the most effective way. Um, and if the children are safe with your new partner, then so be it. You know, if the children have met your new partner, of course, I don't know the ins and outs of it. But getting back to your initial question, um, is there a court order in place then that, that, that she's in breach of by not sending the texts? Because if there's, if there's handovers being ordered, it tells me that there's been some sort of court involvement. Um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what you mean. So have have we got a court order? Have you got a court order? Yes. Okay. So and in that order, does it allow for texts, etc., to be sent? Um, only through my father, not through me. Okay. And so and so your other the other side is stopping those text messages being sent. So she's breaching the order, is what I'm saying. Um, no, she still gets text messages from my father. It's just that the situation is my father's not well now, so it's going to have to go back to court. I and see. I'm just wondering I see. What's going to happen? Okay. When, when, but, I, when I say why can't I do handover? All right. Well, that, look, it's fine that you've got to take it back to court to vary the existing order. It's a pity that it has to go back to court if all you're doing is saying, look, can we keep it the same and just change the person that you deal with? 
I mean, if she's not happy to deal with you, then, you know, rather than rock the boat and, and unsettle contact, I would just be thinking of somebody else. And if you can't get an agreement with her, because you guys can agree anything outside of the order, you don't have to keep taking it back to court. But if you can't get agreement with her, then you will have to go back to court and, and, yes. ju and just have some third parties ready. Yeah, I've asked you a couple of questions before. Basically, she's just trying to make it as awkward as possible. Yeah. Because uh, she gets free legal aid, I've been told. Okay. Even though it's just allegations that's been made. And like I say, most of them has been exonerated, but she's just trying to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah, yeah, and that's obvious. Um, and, and, and tell the court that, you know, let them know that this is being made harder than it need be. Yeah, I mean, that's why I asked you, is that a way to kind of stop her financial aid? Because it's just no. notorious. It's just affecting the children, just keeping going round. Yeah, no, but, uh, it, no. The, if she's entitled to the legal aid, then she'll get it. You can't pull the pin on that, unfortunately. I just don't understand how it's possible to get legal aid if she's got no evidence at all. I know she's in a financial situation, which is half of the situation. Yeah. But... She's got no evidence in terms of abuse or anything. Well, I don't know how she got it. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm really sorry. But essentially, yeah. it, what your, your prime um, motive or motivation is to just keep that contact going and do whatever it takes to keep that contact going. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Good. Can, Good. Um, can her solicitors um, tell us the reason why she's getting it? They don't have to, no, no. You, no. All, all they have to do is tell you that she's got legal aid. That's it. Right. Yeah. No problem. Appreciate right. your help. No worries. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I've got a question on TikTok. Can the court reject an order that gives the mum 100% of the house equity if amicably agreed? Yes, they can if it's not fair and reasonable. Even if you're both in agreement, if it's not fair and reasonable, the court don't have to make it. Um, Kembo, question, have you got a question for me? So, through the solicitors, uh, uh, if an offer has been made and the opposite side accepted it, yeah. can you withdraw this offer? Because at the moment, that's what we have done, but I changed my mind and tried to withdraw the offer. Yeah. And the order is uh, threatening with withdrawal cause and go to court and stick with the offer. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you, you can, absolutely. Um, it hasn't been made by the court yet, so of course you can um, change your mind if you if you want to. And, and of course, if this, you... Yeah, go on. This offer has been made to solicitors. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit emotional. Yeah. I said I'm making a last sacrifice here and I left the matrimonial home uh, uh, to my sp uh, wife. Yeah. But after of, uh, I said, uh, what the heck you have done? Because financially I'm not stable. Yeah. Uh, so I told my solicitor, you know what? I, I, we didn't even make that form E yet. Uh, so I said, I, I want, I would like to go with financial disclosure. Yeah. And, and withdraw the offer. Yeah. And my solicitor told the other side this situation and they said, no, the offer has been made and we have accepted it. No, but the court, uh, but the court. We go to court. Yeah. And, uh, I, no, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but the court hasn't made an order yet. 
And, you know, if they go to court, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Because the first thing you will say is, we haven't had financial disclosure. I wasn't in my right mind when I made the offer and I want to change my mind. You know what the court will do, Kembo? They will order both parties to complete four me's and do full financial disclosure. So wouldn't worry mm. about that at all. Oh, tell, 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 tell your solicitor to hold their nerve and keep pushing, okay? I will do. Thank All you right. very much. You're welcome. Bye. Hey, guys. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Just wanted to jump in and let you guys know that what you're actually listening to is people on my Discord channel um, who ask me questions when I go live every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday between 6 and 7. So if you've got a question that you want to ask, by all means, feel free to join me. Or alternatively, if you just check out my Discord uh, channel anyway, you'll see that we've got three forums covering divorce, finance and children. So if you wanted to leave a question there, then one of the members of my community will be able to help. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Mart, up again in the hot seat. I have a court order from when my daughter was two. She is now six. It's not very specific. One night at weekends, half the holidays. So dad basically has free reign. I told him recently if he chooses a Friday, he'll have to arrange after school care until he can pick her up as I also work. He is now threatening court, but doesn't allow the rest of the order. Where do I stand? I'm chronically ill. I suffer from social anxiety and I'm in bits. The threat of court every other month is destroying me. So, what? sorry, Mark, what's the issue here? There's a court order in place and Dad's not sticking to it. Um, what I can gather from it, the court order isn't very specific on days and times. So I'm assuming the court order states one night at the weekends, but not specific. Oh, I see. Yeah. And and mum's um, so... looking for some routine and dad's being very ad hoc. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. So dad is got pretty much free reign and does yeah. as he wants. Okay, so yeah. So, so the first thing I would say to mum is, don't be at all intimidated by dad taking you back to court. That's absolutely fine. In many ways, that's what you want. And if dad does it, then he's going to pay the court fee, and he's going to be the applicant and have the responsibility moving forward. So, welcome that court application because it gives you the opportunity to say to the court, with the best will in the world, this isn't working for the child or the children. We're a little bit all over the place. I'm, excuse me, I'm looking for some routine for the children and dad wants Friday one week, Sunday the next, Tuesday the next, and we are just all up together. So, and the court will put a routine in place. So she's got absolutely nothing to worry about. Um, They were both TikTok questions, so I'm assuming they're both listening. Oh, hopefully, hopefully. Thanks for that, Mark. Yes, thanks, Okay, bye. Um, Ellie, let's try you again. Have you got a question for me? So, in the summer, uh, the kids' dad, we do have a child arrangement order, um, and he's allowed one week to take them on holiday. He has to ask the older two, because they're 16 and 14, if they want to go. So, in the summer, I had a message saying, February half term, are the kids available to go away? And I was like, yeah. And then he booked Disneyland Paris, but just for the younger two, didn't speak to the older two about it at all. Yeah. The oldest of the younger two is 11, um, stood up for herself over Christmas and said she didn't want to do this, that and the other and be dragged from here to pillar to post. Um, and he's now kicked her off 
the trip. <laughs> so now do I let the youngest one go on his own because the 11 year old's heart, there's no win in this situation. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. The, 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 the seven year old will go, but then he'll miss his sister. And then the 11 year old's at home, sad. Or do I just say, you don't take any of them if you're not taking all of them? Oh God, Ellie, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, that is a real tough one. I, I, I mean, she's it's it's not. Him. She's messaged him and asked, him, "Can I still come to Paris?" And he's absolutely not. Oh, that was his words. That is just heartbreaking. That's heartbreak. Are you are you able to talk to him? Talk some sense into him? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, he won't. He will not communicate with me whatsoever. Because he knows I'll pull him on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. How, how does how does the um the one that's going? How do they feel about all this? Are they happy to confused. go? Confused. No, confused. And one minute yeah. they're really excited because it's Disneyland. Yeah. And then then they're like, oh, but I'm going to miss Lily. And I'm like, it's not fair. Like, it, yeah. Emotionally and yeah. psychologically, it's not fair. Yeah. I must admit, it's pretty cruel to for for a parent to take one and not the other. You know, Ellie, it's your call. It's your call. It's not a legal question. If you're asking me just as as a mother and not as a lawyer, um, I would probably not let the other one go and take them to Disneyland Paris myself. That's what that's I would what do. I'm, I'm planning to do that with all four of them next year. That, that, that's my plan next year. Yeah. I've already got a summer holiday planned with all four of them, yeah. them this year. Yeah, and, and, um, and maybe the time that Dad's away, could, could, could something else be done this year to, 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 to act as complete distraction? Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it is. It is. It, it, it's, it's really horrible. It's really horrible. Um, but where, where does it stand? Like, is it... It's but, not, you know, when you like, like, if it went to court, they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't, because it is, it's not a legal, legal issue. No. You know, it, the, the no. sad thing is that a parent can pick one child over another. We're not breaking yes. any laws there, but it's not right. So, as hard as it is for the little one, I think you might, yeah. As I say, it's your, it's, it's your call. I, I think I know what I'd be doing as a mum, and, and we seem to yeah. be on the same wavelength there. Um, but yeah, yeah definitely. But, yeah, that's horrible it's just now, there's no win one child is going to be upset regardless yeah absolutely well absolutely absolutely and that's why I say when dad is away in Paris if he still goes is there something that the family could do here at home by way of complete distraction you know a day out somewhere yeah. Thought Park well, or something yeah well, let's say it's half term isn't it so yeah. I, can, I can take them out for the day that's it that's it just have the kids over sleepovers whatever just complete distraction yeah. and, and a countdown to when you guys go next year yeah it's just it's just cruel it is cruel it really is Ellie I didn't know if there was like a legal standpoint that's why no. I used to just double check no no. If I turned around and went, no, he's not going. Like, yeah. You either take all of them or none of them. And and I think I think that's what should be said because it's not right. <laughs> it's not right. I think I think by also um, just just another thought there by also saying to the parent, look, it's either one or all. You also instill in the children that it, you have to be unified as a family. You really do. Yeah. Because I think sometimes the children need the adults to step in and to make the decisions. And if, if we kind of allow things to just meander, the little one, who's there, whoever's going, your youngest, may get there, but at all times be riddled with guilt. 
So I would also be thinking as a parent, I'm just going to take that decision away from them, you know, and they can, you know, have a little tantrum, tell me that I'm being cruel and all the rest of it. But in the long run, I know that it will be the best decision for them. Yeah. All right. That's where I'm going to go, but I'm expecting a big backlash from it. Yeah, yeah. Not from the kids. No, no, from him. Yeah. Oh, well, good luck with that, Ellie. Thanks for the question. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Mart, have you got NHS's question? Me plus my family contribution to FMH was 85%. Yeah. X 15%. Yeah. Can the court order a 50-50? Are savings and earnings since separation to be included in the pot? Yeah. What is the most cost-efficient way to tackle an FDR? Okay. Lots of questions there. So, um, just so that everyone else understands, I think the question I'm being asked is, I've contributed 85% and my husband contributed 15%. So, in the event of divorce, is this going to be split 50-50? They're obviously in contested proceedings because the FDR is the Financial Dispute Resolution, which is the second hearing in finances. The answer to the question is yes. 50-50 is most definitely the starting point and can be ordered if the court think that's fair and reasonable. But it typically never ends at 50-50 because, you know, family isn't an exact science and the needs of the parties are never an exact science. The fact that you are submitting an unequal contribution in the beginning, i.e. 85% and 15%, you've got to back that up. Because if this is a long marriage, that, that unequal contribution will be absorbed into the marriage. So it doesn't really matter what you've, what you've contributed. Unless, of course, you've done something like a prenup, a postnup, a deed of trust. You hold the property as tenants in common, whatever it might be. So there would have to be something else that you could rely upon. Um, and then what was the next bit, Mart, about um, the, the money, the contributions? Paying the, was there a bit about paying the bills? No. Um, no sense. Um, the savings and earnings in separation, yeah. are they to be included in the pot? Yes, absolutely they will. Because what you're both earning will dictate how the assets are going to be divided. So if one party is earning grossly more than the other chances are their affordability for mortgage is going to be stronger and therefore they may not get as much equity, for example, and savings as well. You know, what are the needs of the parties? Do we need to divide those savings more heavily to one person because they they are going to need more liquid capital because, for example, they can't get a mortgage um, or are we going to do a 50-50? So it really does depend on the situation of that marriage. And then the most cost-effective way to do an FDR, well, remember an FDR, the court can't make an order, okay? So if you're both not in agreement to how the finance is going to be divided, then it will get knocked on to a final hearing. So at the FDR, I would be making sure that I've got all the evidence I need in order to be able to make that decision you know, agree in a finance, financial settlement. If there's anything outstanding, if you want to ask any more questions, FDR is the last kind of port of call. So you've got to ask at the FDR. All right. But they can do it themselves if they want to. They don't have to have legal representation at the FDR. Well, yeah, I think that's it, Tris. Great. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Cheers, Tris. Bye. 
Um, actually, just on that point of finances, um, obviously one of my courses covers finances and I take you all through, you know, how to do it by consent. There's actually a clean break order as part of the course, so you guys can see that. I take you all through the D81. But the contested finances, where there's three hearings, the first hearing, second hearing, third, I will tell you all the paperwork that you need to complete. Um, so again, you, you can do it step by step. The only thing I say in the course, and I say it to you guys all the time, is before you start it, you've got to find out what you're legally entitled to. But all the paperwork and the forms are in there. So for this particular caller, NHS, who Mark was asking for, that would be perfect um, when, when they can't afford representation. Natalie, what's your question? Yeah, well, my mum has got a special guardianship of my two girls. Yeah. Um, she's had it for about... Oh, Oh, about six years now. Yeah. Um, but my my twelve year, well, my thirteen year old, she wants to come back home with me. Um, and I've I said to my mum that um she could come back home with me because I was an addiction before and I've yeah. been clean three years this year. Well done. Um, and um, I I don't know whether I don't want to have to get it to the point where I have to go to court to get my kids back yeah. because my mum's done an amazing job with my kids and I could big her up as much, but her. Mental health isn't very good at the moment, and it's suffering with the kids. Yeah. Um, but how do would I have to go to court to get that revoked? Because it's different circumstances now. Or could Tiffany just say, "I want to move with my mom," and she just moves in with me? How old is Tiffany? Tiffany's thirteen. Okay, so not really, not until they're sixteen. If I were you, Natalie, I would be reaching out to social services and getting their blessing. That's the first thing I'd be doing. Um, because I've just got them off my back. Sorry? I've just got them off my back because my, my two-year-old, I have my two-year-old and I've just had them, she's just left me with them now. Um, you know, where they collect case, case, close the case? Yeah. Because um, they haven't got no concerns. Oh, okay. Um, but can I just go to a social worker and say, look, what's going on? Absolutely. I mean, they may have no concerns because the kids are still under an SGO with your mum. Um, so I, I, before I make it, because the minute you make an application to vary the SGO, the court, the first thing the court's going to do is call in social services to help them make that decision. So I think mm -hmm. you, you, if I were you, I'd just be reaching out to them to say, look, tell them exactly what you've just told me. Um, and, and, and as long as you get their blessing, then your application to vary the SGO will be successful. Would I have to pay for the court fines as well, the court costs as well? Yes, you would. There'd only, there'd only be one. Mm -hmm. the, I think it's 232. It might even be 169, actually, to vary. I'd have to check that. Um, but yes, you okay. would. Yeah, right at the beginning, yes, you would. Okay. All right. All right, thank you very much. Fab, you're welcome. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another hour of Family Law Questions. It just goes so fast, doesn't it? Honestly, I try to whiz through as many as I can. And sometimes I like try and hurry people up because I just know there's so many of you with your hands up. So apologies. I know there's seven of you still there with your hand up. But as ever, I am back tomorrow at six o'clock, six or seven again on Wednesday um, to answer more of your family law questions. Uh, Paddy's passed me a note just to remind you guys that the courses are being released. Obviously, we're just doing the final tweaks to them. Nine o'clock on Sunday morning. OK, so they'll be all um, out then for you to take a peek at. Um, until tomorrow, guys, take care. 
um, and I will be back here tomorrow at six. Make sure you're on the stage with your hands up high and we can answer as many questions as we possibly can. See you later. Bye.